There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a cold of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on October the 1st, 2013. I always suggest newcomers make good use of the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com You'll find lots of audios for download where I take you through the system, the system you're born into, a system that's complete, was set up a hundred years ago at least, and the big foundations and the big, big bankers who set it up in the first place. Everything comes from money, and those who make the money and always manage the money down through history uh, run the world. It's very, very simple. And they decided a long time ago to create um, private clubs, private organizations that would run the world, become themselves a parallel government, in fact. And for the public, for the proles, you'd have the, what you call democracy, and, and the, the low-grade politicians you're used to hearing about and all those scandals who do what they're told by the other parallel government, the real one itself, the one you don't elect, because they had no intention of really giving you democracy. They had a, a world plan, and they worked in 100 years ahead of where, the, where you are at the moment, and they, they always follow their plans. They wanted to bring us through world wars, consolidate nations together under the European Union, for instance. They actually hoped that they'd have the, the whole NAFTA integration uh, on go right now, in fact. But they're still using the U.S. as a battering ram to finish off the few countries across the world that haven't joined uh, the, the IMF, the BIS, and the World Bank. So we're going through a planned system, of course, and, and we understand how we are viewed from the top. Uh, I mean the top, not the politicians, way above them, uh, the guys who run the world, uh, as, as really as the proles. That's what we are. We're the proles. We're trained to be workers and consumers in a society that profits them, and they live in a lifestyle that you cannot imagine at all can't imagine it. They make sure that, that they set up the curriculum for education for you. They, they decide what history you're going to be taught, what versions of it and altered history you're going to be taught, and uh, and so on and so on. And everyone comes out with a quality approval stamp with a little piece of paper in your hand and you're, you're stamped and fit to ready to, you're ready to, to actually join their system, their corrupt system, and work for them. So that's all we are, we're like battery chickens in a sense. But they want to bring in a new world order, this is the whole thing. And this is the new world order, you're in it actually, you've been in it for an awful long time. And they also want to bring down the populations as high tech overtakes humanity with all the laboring work and so on. And that's where it's all going today. And also they'll, they'll get new kind of workers who have, who won't need entertainment and all the other frills that they lay on for us. Uh, they'll have new kinds of uh, workers that are clones down the road too. That's why all the money is going into genetic engineering and cloning and so on. It's not just for longevity for those at the top. It's for to make sure that uh, they'll have a new type of, of obedience uh, and very um, practical uh, and hard-working uh, clone for the future down lower down the bottom, the guys who will maintain all the machinery and so on. It's very, very simple. And member two, I mentioned this organization which set up 100 years ago called the Royal Institute for International Affairs. 
which is a private club by these international bankers. Uh, they ran the British Empire. They still do. And they also brought in the U.S. to take over and bear the burden of the costs and supply the manpower as policemen of the world to make sure they standardize the world for world conquest, really, as was about to, to ensure that their big corporations that you see, all the big oil companies and mineral companies and so on, which are all owned, really, by a, a, a pyramid scheme. That's what it is, because at the top, you've got the same bankers who own it all, <laughs> all these corporations that you hear of. They own them all. And they plunder all the, all the countries that they, they go to war with. And then they bring in the, the Bank for International Settlements, the World Bank, the IMF, and get the country in debt and give them something called democracy. And then they bring in GMO foods and they give the children uh, through UNESCO to give them all the, the vaccinations they've already dumbed all of us down and make sure that you won't live too long. That's the real world we're living in today. We're managed like a herd. And I keep giving the analogy that the, that the clumb cells are actually in ancient times, you know, good shepherds, and, and we're, we're the sheep, you see. It's very, very simple. We're the sheep. That's why we can we prattle on all we want. Nothing happens. Nothing changes their agenda from the, from the public at all. It doesn't happen. And as I say, the boys at the top don't even count us really as human at all whatsoever. They don't mix with us. You'll never see them. Uh, they might drive through in their stretch limos and the darkened windows, but that's as near as you'll get to them. And mostly they're flying over the overhead in their private jets. But uh, a completely different lifestyle you can't imagine, and you can't relate to them whatsoever. They can't relate to you, in fact. So I help you step to the website, and I go through all the history of it, and so on, and so on, and so on. Remember, too, you are the audience that bring me to you. You can help me take along by buying the books and discs at CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com. That's all I have to offer because I don't bring on advertisers and sell all kinds of products to make you live forever and all that kind of stuff. It's very, very simple. So I really need your help, too. You can help me take along here by getting them. And I go through the art of chronology. Very important art indeed. It's one of the best arts of all because it's taught to people who've been through various uh, courses in university and who are slated as having very good ideas in marketing and public relations. And the, the brighter ones are put up to chronology, the art of chronology, how to manage billions of people down through the ages. Really, that's what it is, you understand. And it's a very old, old art, uh, well documented, of course. And that's why I've always had advisors around pharaohs, kings, queens, uh, and presidents and prime ministers today. Uh, those who are appointed to government know the agenda or their part in it. And the guy in front just has to be a, an actor who reads the scripts. That's all it is, folks. That's all it is. The same machinery makes the stars, creates your presidents and prime ministers. Same propaganda, same techniques, same, same teams, actually, that they use. To, to give them the PR for the public to believe in. So you can buy the books from the US to Canada, remember, still using personal checks or international postal money orders. You can use PayPal or uh, you can uh, uh, send cash across the world. Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal is acceptable. And straight donations are really seriously welcome as we go through all the inflationary times, the planned inflationary times, because you see, the group that's set up the World Bank was, was the Royal Institute for International Affairs. The American branch of it is called the Council on Foreign Relations. But they set up the League of Nations, the United Nations. They set up and control still all of those organizations, including the Bank for International Settlements, the International Monetary Fund, 
that enter, and, and a whole bunch of other ones as well, by the way. Uh, all the central banks belong to the same shareholders across the world, the private central banks. So you see, there's many warfare techniques, and economic war is the best one of all, because it's, it's, most wars are about econ- economics, in fact, to start with. Someone's economics, or someone wanting to steal all, the, all that you have already, you see. Before, down through the ages, they used countries to do it and built, built up an empire that would rule over other countries and go to war, expand the empire. Then they would fail because they were getting into massive debts. And already, the boys who lent the money already moved to another country to set them up for to be the, the same uh, empire rulers and so on. And they jumped across the planet, even from Britain to, to the U.S., and here they are running the U.S. And even now they're jumping ship, getting ready for the, the failure of the U.S. as well, because it's planned that way. That's how you plan things down through the ages. Unfortunately, in every country you'll find those who will sell out. The ordinary folk, it doesn't matter what class you belong to either, there's always folk who, who will go for the bribes. Always folk who go for the bribes and turn on their own people and do the dirty on them. And uh, and this is how it's been done again, done through the ages by professional, we'll call them the professional revolutionaries, you might say. And uh, we're going through the revolutions right now because I've said for years and years and years that as America takes down the rest of the world, then they'll be pulling the rug from under the U.S. at home as well. Because the U.S. must meld in to the world that it's helped create and be equally poor, you understand. That's what's about and they say there's too many people. And it's good to see that for the first time, hosts have actually started to use my stuff and, and broadcast the same sort of stuff with the economic warfare, the BIS and uh, the World Bank and so on. Back after these messages. Folks, we're back cutting through the matrix because everyone in the U.S. is really worried about uh, this uh, carrying on in, in, uh, in government right now where they're arguing over the, the budget and so on and, and printing more money and raising the debt ceiling, which apparently is awfully good because they've been doing it all along anyway. And, um, and of course, a lot of it, too, is show for the public as well and other politicians who are vying for offers that will come their way if they vote the other way. This is what they do, these, these little psychopaths called politicians. Mind you, they're all put in by the same top bosses that you'll never hear of, and they, when the bosses step in and tell them what to do, they'll do it immediately or else. Very, very simple. But that's the world, and of course they've been building up with an internal army in most first world countries for the last 20 years, getting ready for today. Because down the road you have to go into austerity, you see, and uh, money is to be worth uh, hardly anything at all, for, for us a lot, that is. And not for the big guys who trade abroad all the time, but uh, for us at the bottom. And cost of living will be extremely high as you bring in the age of austerity and have us all start dying off gradually. It's amazing to see their futuristic plans, even from, uh, as I say, the British think tank that did their... The, the projections into the future, 2040, 50. And they, they talked about this too, uh, that they'd cram the people into the cities. Uh, lots would die off. They went into population and how the populations would die off, the generations would die off and so on and so on. And across the whole world, this, this projection was to happen, even China. 
and uh, and so everything would be hunky dory after the year two thousand and fifty. So things are really starting to move. But what I'm saying here is uh, the world's planned this way. You're living in a system that's not yours. Most folk don't know that. They never figure it out. They're taught to believe that it's just a system gone bad, or it's only temporarily bad, or temporarily wrong, and so on, and so on, and so on. But the whole system is gimmickry. It truly is gimmickry. Years ago, many, many years ago, in fact, generations ago, they used to ask about, does the economy exist to serve the public or the people? Uh, or does it exist to serve, or do we exist to serve the economy? And we've been told in recent times that, no, we all exist to serve the economy. And when they create nations, then the, the purpose of the nation is to, is to compete with other nations, which is impossible under the free trade deals that put up there. And China and all the third world countries, they can, they can pay their, their peasants peanuts to make their widgets and so on, which they send over here and pay nothing for import duty. So we can't compete with that, so it's nonsense. But who says all this stuff? Well, the top economists supposedly say it, that this is our function, is to compete, compete, compete. Remember what I said before, Charles Galton Darwin said that uh, in the 1950s, he says, We're bring, he said, there's always been slavery in one form or another. And he says, we're in the middle of, uh, of completing and introducing a, an improved new form of slavery. And you're in it, folks. You've been trained to be part of it. You're given your, your culture, you're given your, your updates in your culture, your PC commands that you get, political correct commands, uh, your fashion industry, what you watch on television. All this is part of the illusion that this is all your system. It's not your system at all, including your, your education. Your education is teaching you all you need to know to serve the masters, the system itself. At the top, that's all, that's all you're taught. A lot of the stuff you're taught is just padding and filler at university. You all know that. And then, and then the social engineering too, with all the PC stuff again. Not to help you necessarily get a job. But you've been approved once you get a certificate. You've been approved in your diploma to, to work in, in their system, your boss's system. The bosses you'll never even know exist, most of you. And you'll never, definitely never meet. Because that's the way the world's really run. But in this system, uh, and, and they've had many, many triumphs in other countries before to improve it and improve it until the, the global system, the, the Soviet system was part of it too. And um, in the Soviet system, they, they found out after the, the walls came down and it moved into the West, so that was a part of it. The West was supposed to amalgamate with communism eventually, according to the Rees Commission that the Congress approved back in the 1950s, the big investigation into the, why these private international bankers and corporate people um, had foundations which were all promoting communism inside the, uh, the U.S. And the CEO of, this, of the Ford and Carnegie Foundation said, uh, uh, well, we get our orders from the White House. And he says, um, he says we're, we're, we're changing the culture in America so they can seamlessly blend with that of the Soviet Union down the road. We're here, folks. You see, liberalism means you've been liberalized, you see. And it's already here. It's already here. And that was only part of the whole agenda, of course. But in the Soviet Union, uh, they had they found out that uh, it wasn't just all the public they were spying on. 
there was even more spying going on in the ones who worked in bureaucracies. But it's more important that they're important people keep their mouths shut, you see, and don't say anything they shouldn't say, or, or converse with pals or meet friends and so on, and say the wrong things, let things out of the bag. So they were wiretapped all the time, just like it is today. So, this article is kind of interesting. It says, the NSA has built its own secret warrantless shadow social network, and you've already joined it, it says. Soon after the very earliest reporting on Ed Snowden's leaked documents about PRISM, the folks from DataCoop put together the very amusing Get PRISM website, which looks very much like the announcement of a, a new social network. But the joke is, it's really the NSA scooping up all our data and making the connections. It's pretty funny, except, of course, when you find out that it's real. And yet that seems to be the latest revelation out of Ed Snowden's leaks. The New York Times has an article by James Risen and Laura Pertois, um detailing how the NSA has basically built its own shadow social network in which it tries to create a social graph of pretty much everyone that everyone knows. The MIT was doing that for years anyway. This is foreign or American, and it ha- all happens, of course, without a warrant. And it says this is relatively new. The agency was authorized to conduct large-scale graph analysis on very large sets of communications metadata without having to check uh, foreignness of every email address, phone number, or other identifier. The document says, because of concerns about infringing on the privacy of American citizens, the computer analysis of such data had previously been permitted only for foreigners. Well, nonsense. Nonsense. They didn't do what they wanted all along. The agency can argue that communications data with material from public, commercial, and other sources, including bank codes, insurance information, Facebook profiles, passenger manifests, voter registration rolls, and GPS location information, as well as property records and unspecified tax data, according to documents. They don't include any restrictions on the use of such enrichment data and several former senior Obama administration officials said the agency drew on it, uh, both for American and foreigners. So they go through the policy changes that happened since 2010 and so on and so on. They gave themselves the right to do all the spying and, and so on and so on. It says, of all, of all this sounds familiar, it's almost exactly what the feds tried to set up in 2002 with their Orwellian name called Total Information Awareness. Except that time, right after 9-11, when you think the public would be at its most receptive to such programs, as word got out about the program, the public rightly flipped out, and we were told the program was shuttered, except as some have been arguing for years it was never shuttered, it was just rebuilt in secret. And of course the NSA is still willing to defend this massive breach on American privacy. An agency spokesman asked about the analysis of Americans' data set. All data queries must include a foreign intelligence justification, period. All of NSA's work has a foreign intelligence purpose, the spokesperson has added, and our activities are centered on counterterrorism, counterproliferation, and cybersecurity. Note the continued shift in language. For a while, they kept saying the NSA does no surveillance on Americans at all. They insisted that would be illegal. Then later people started to note that they would use the phrase targeting foreign intelligence, which had just enough bare wiggle room to get people to think that they were only looking at non-U.S. personal data and content, but really meant as long as the overall investigation targeted foreign intelligence, it was fine. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. 
because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix Talking about the big system Because that's all there is to talk about, isn't there? That's what they're all doing out there You know, them, them And of course, uh, most folk never meet them uh, Unless they come to your door, of course But it's, it's a lower version of them That they send out to come to your door, for instance But the ones at the top you never ever meet at all But they're never elected into any position uh, And the public generally don't know their names and so on and um, they're all appointees And above them, you have the other them, the big them the, the big them that tell government what to do And they do People don't realise that the government truly is just a lackey It's the intermediary of, uh, for her enfor- enforcement, really And what his job today has been, for a long time Has been to, with private central banks Has been to make sure that the public simply pay taxes To pay off the debts that the government borrows uh, from the private bankers at extortionate rates. That's all it's about. And as all this goes on too, we see again uh, more and more beyond science fiction now with the cyber units and so on that the governments have. Britain's putting out a new, another new, another, another new cyber reserve unit that says they've created. This is from the government website and from the Ministry of Defence and Joint Forces Command. And it says that Britain will build a dedicated capability to counterattack in cyberspace and, if necessary, to strike in cyberspace. Like, they don't have about 10 of them already, right? As part of the MOD's full-spectrum military capability, the Defence Secretary Philip Hammond has announced that the department is set to recruit hundreds of computer experts as cyber uh, reserve. Most of those jobs for the people over there, I guess, to help defend the UK's national security, working at the cutting edge of the nation's cyber defences. In other words, snooping in all the public. They've got so many different divisions and, and, and shadow divisions, they call them. You can't keep track of them all now. You know, in, in democracy, democracy of them, of theirs over there. Also, today I'm putting up an article called Android is Watching Eight Ways a Typical Smartphone is Monitoring You. It's quite a good article on all the different ways that it does it. So location by tracking goes through that and tells you all about it. Scanning nearby Wi-Fi networks and so on. And how, how Google also saves all your passwords and, and now knows them all. <laughs> it's awfully, awfully handy and so on. Wi-Fi passwords. Contacts and calendar events. Same thing again. They, they do all their contacts and the folk that you, so that the Pentagon can use that and do your personality profile. Browser history, open tabs, passwords, etc. Miscellaneous app data and so on and so on. Not a bad article when you read through it, so I'll put that up tonight too. And, of course, the taste of freedom, this article says, formal shutdown of U.S. government begins today. They always do this sort of thing to keep the public and start, to get them to start biting their nails. Do something, save us, save us. You know, It's so easy, isn't it, to manipulate masses of people? So easy, isn't it? And also in Britain, uh, they've cut back in uh, the benefits and so on, but they're also cutting back uh, in uh, people who are not, who are not working uh, in job fair. Job fair is a big thing now, there now. The old FDR thing that they had back in the 30s. It says, now work for your benefits ministers to unveil tough crackdown on payments to jobless. The, the US-style work for Dole scheme could reduce Britain's vast benefits bill. Ministers say jobless should do community service and work experience, and those who refuse to do so face losing their welfare payments. And um, 
long-term unemployed to be told they must do unpaid full-time jobs or be stripped of their benefits and so on and so on and so on. This all started back in the 60s with the Labour Party and they, they were hoping eventually to get so much debt going to get a revolution going in the country, a communist revolution by the way. And they couldn't get the people to, to, to rebel and, and revolt. So they started bringing masses of immigrants. And actually admitted that only recently, in fact, they started to push for massive immigration from third world countries, hoping that they could then use them as a battering ram to start a revolution. But it's not happening, is it? It's not happening. So, uh, so here they are, uh, just round in circles and, and creating work style stuff for the, for the dole. You work for the dole, they say. That word doles, the term it came out of uh, ancient Rome, because it's dole out your, your, your food, your bread, and your wine for the unemployed then. But it's much the same as today, isn't it? It says, it's expected that claimants who go through the government's main back-to-work schemes, the work program, but fail to find a job, will be required to take part in unpaid community activities or work experience. So, some things never change. Same old stuff. Now, this is a, a kind of funny article in a way. It says, Swiss had a, the Swiss had a war game, you see. And it says, the Swiss war game envisages an invasion by the bankrupt French. So this is what, how they held their war game this year. Hordes of bankrupt French would invade Switzerland to get their hands on the stolen money, as they call it, such as the imaginary scenario cooked up by the Swiss military in simulations revealed over the weekend. And um, it says... Carried out in August, the apparently outlandish army exercise was based on the premise, premise of an attack by a financially stricken France, split into warring regions, according to Martin Demanche, uh, the Lausanne-based daily. One of these, uh, Sanoia, corresponding to the existing Jew region, was preparing the tax on Switzerland to retrieve money it had apparently swiped from France. Operation Duplex Barbara went as far as imagining a three-pronged invasion from points near uh, Nofactel, uh, uh, says Lausanne and Geneva, according to a map published in the Swiss paper. Behind the dastardly raid was a paramilitary organization dubbed BLD, the Dion Free Brigade, sent, bent on grabbing back money that Switzerland had stolen from Sonoya. And it says, for its, its credibility, the Swiss army must, must work towards and against threats of the 21st century, Antoine Villard, um, Hot Savoy, councillor, told Martin Demange. So that was based on France is so broke, actually. I mean, if they could get a whip round to get cash to go and invade Switzerland, they might do it, because they're so broke right now. That's the end product of total socialism, you see. Also, as we get degraded and, and becoming more degenerate and, and the whole generation's grown up, uh, with, with, the uh, games, just kill, 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 kill. That's all the games are about. Win and, and kill, kill, kill. And, and that's why the cops now are shooting so many people. They, they've already been conditioned with a conditioned response just to, just to fire on people. That, uh, is getting to a state now that's really terrible. The amount of killings across the U.S. by policemen on, on the civilian population. But again, they get recruiting from the military too. But this generation grew up on video games, and and the Pavlovian response is in them. It's in them before they hit the military. And the public too are becoming degenerate uh, as we watch more and more trash on television. If you watch television, that is. 
uh, and you're being degenerated uh, on purpose because it's easier to handle degenerate people and manage masses of them than intelligent thinking, reason, people who reason through things. But degenerate folk are easy to manage through their chaos. It's an order of, out of chaos. That's how you manage it. And we've seen cattle prods being used there, call them uh, uh, stun guns or, or, or taser guns. But it's cattle prods, that's what they were used for before, you see. And the public were not used to seeing them used on, on people, just cattle. And now they use them on people. And even though they've got wires on them, and some of them even don't have wires, it doesn't matter, it's still, it's still a cattle prod. To make you comply, do what you're told. And democracy, you know, as we get more enlightened and free and all that. But uh, now they're bringing in uh, handcuffs, which also are stun cuffs, is the next part of it. So now they can get sadomasochism going along with it too, you see. Because, you see, the, the generation who was taught deliberately in advance, it was all planned that the generation would be taught uh, all these games and so on that were restricted for military training at one time and sold to, to, to children and they would grow up and they'd be the first generation to be enforcers for the big boys who employ them. And now we have them. That's why hell is coming down pretty fast. And, and they really are degenerate. And they are sadistic. Because look at all, this, all the movies they watch, the kinds of movies they watch too. So now they can have their stun cuffs for the S&M. But it says, um, the Buchanan County Sheriff's Department debuts for the, the U.S. the new stun cuffs, it says. The cuffs can shock someone with upwards of 80,000 volts. Or oh, they'll have great time with them hearing the prisoners scream, eh? So the new tools to make sure inmates in special circumstances are kept in line is just about ready to be implemented. The Buchanan County Sheriff's Department has a new piece of equipment that's aimed at keeping inmates in special situations from getting into disciplinary problems. In other words, do your told. Just, just do it, do it. And as Captain Jody Hovey said, the new stun cuffs offer added safety in jail. It's definitely a lot safer for the officers, so if the inmates want to start fighting you, you don't have to go hands-on. How can they go hands-on when they're handcuffed in the first place, generally behind their backs? Stun cuffs are strapped to the ankle or the wrist and then hidden under clothes, it says. Deputies of Buchanan County can use a remote control to send a shock straight into an offender's extremities, a range of a hundred yards. Although sit and have fun with that, won't they? When they're bored and night shifts. It says, it'll be used for court appearances, special court appearances, transport from other states. If they fly with the inmates, Captain Hovey said, you can put them on, on them so you, you don't have them to have them cuffed and shackled on an airplane. Can you imagine going to court with this and you've been warned in advance? If you, if you were to tell your side of something, they'll shock you. Guess it's, you see how it's already going to be used yet, don't you? Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix, talking about the system. It really is a joke, isn't it? But we take it so seriously because we've been trained to believe it's all there is. It's all there is, you see. And um, it's an article out too to do with uh, looting the pension funds and how Wall Street uh, robs public workers. And it's put by Rolling Stone. And it goes through a little story too of Rhode Island uh, and, and, and so on and, and different parts and the country that had a debt crisis long before Detroit came along with its debt crisis and so on. And 
it goes into the, the eventually goes into the Road uh, Island Retirement Security Act of 2011 that this ex-road scholar uh, put through the U.S. government, and how it's all ended up in a mess today, as they loot the, the pensions and so on for the public. But you understand everything's looted. It's the same with Obamacare. All the cash will come in from that too is going to be looted too. So much will be looted to here and looted there, etc., etc. Now that's how it's always been, you see. I can remember Britain years ago saying the same thing, that uh, whenever they got the money put in by the people who were paying their pensions and the government uh, pension funds and so on, uh, it was all spent as soon as it was it was put in. They, they never ever, it was a kitty there, it just kept spending it. Government will always spend the cash it gets on other things, of course. You know, more important things like themselves. And also... Fitch, the, tr- the credit agency, warns the U.S. on its debt rating. Uh, it's joined Moody's and other ones, of course. Moody's got whacked the last time that they mentioned it, but uh, now they've got Fitch to come out instead. It says, Fitch ratings one of the big three firms that grades countries' ability to repay their debts. Warned Tuesday that failure by U.S. Congress to raise the debt ceiling in a timely manner could prompt a lowering of the country's score. Uh, the statement was prompted by the partial shutdown of the U.S. government after Democrat and Republican lawmakers refused to compromise on extension of spending authority. And uh, they say it's a good thing, too, all, all this debt. Sometimes Brian Mulroney said that, and so did other other politicians, too, when there were questions about debts. They couldn't explain why it was good for the country, but they always say debt's good for you. It says, Fitch's opinion is important because the U.S. already has lost its AAA rating with Standard & Poor's, which downgraded the country's creditworthiness in August 2011 after politicians nearly missed a deadline to raise the borrowing ceiling. These are the same guys that put you in prison, you know, if you go bankrupt, for goodness sake, and you can't pay it back. Why do people vote for this con game? Because they're always raising debt ceilings and always borrowing more. You understand, the whole con is, is the democracy is where the big boys who really run the world put in their own boys to run the government. And everybody in government knows that. And they, they simply have uh, you written down as a taxpayer who repay all the debts for the borrowed money your government's told to borrow. They're spent on other things outside the countries and stuff like that. That's what's about for big corporations. And bailing out banks and things like that too. Anyway, it says in the aftermath of the decision, the Obama administration sought to isolate S&P as an outlier uh, and emphasizing that Fitch and Moody's, the other credit rating agency, left their ratings intact. The decision by Fitch or Moody's uh, to side with the S&P could cause international investors to rethink the prevailing option that the U.S. debt is the most uh, is the ultimate secure investment. If you can't, can't govern yourself, how strong can you be? said Jonathan Lewis, Chief Investment Officer at Samson Capital Advisors, uh, a New York firm that manages investments worth $7 billion U.S. The shutdown is disheartening for anyone caring about good governance in the United States of America. So good governance is just getting, just raising the debt ceiling and borrowing more money from their private banks, isn't it? according to Mr. Lewis. What a farce it all is, isn't it? What a farce. Governments will never have enough money. Never, ever, ever. And don't forget, too, slavery is also defined by taxation of your labor. Labor is your work, whoever work it is. We forget all these things and we adapt so quickly, don't we? 
And, uh, and this is the more sophisticated form of slavery. As I say, most folk don't even think of it as slavery, but that's what it is. Because slavery is also intergenerational. And since one generation can't pay off the massive debt, all children to come for umpteen generations are put down as, as, as the guarantors of paying off that debt. Disgusting system. Disgusting system. Very old system too. Very, very old. By the masters of money down through the ages. So, I'll put this up tonight too. And then this one from the EU, the European Union, this, the new Soviet bloc they created there, this, this great free trade zone supposedly. Since the EU will run out of cash in months, member states are, are asked for a £3.5 billion uh, bailout to stay afloat, and Britain is told to hand over £450 million itself. What a deal, eh? All the advertising they did for it and the propaganda, and, and if you don't vote to, to join the European Union, you'll be left behind. It's going to create jobs, jobs, jobs. Just like NAFTA was going to create jobs, 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 and so on. How are lied to constantly, and people vote them, the, 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 the people keep voting the same parties back in. I don't care what party it is. They're all parties to the conspiracy, the big one. Of course they are. And it says, um, the budget commissioner, uh, Janos Lewandowski, insists huge amounts is needed to help keep Europe afloat. Well, where are they spending all the cash? I mean, here you have a super government to pay for now, and all their incredible uh, paychecks and uh, and costs and so on, including your own national governments as well. Only your national governments is like a provincial government now. It's, just, it's not any cheaper. He says we need additional funds to meet our legal obligations. Legal obligations. And the Conservatives urged Prime Minister David Cameron to refuse to pay up. The quest for more cash comes six months after the EU was granted six point four billion pounds. Guess it wasn't enough. This is a blood admission the EU budget commissioner says we need additional funds and Britain's share would be around four hundred and fifty million pounds. It says the demand comes just six months after the EU was granted the six point four billion to keep it afloat then. The extra cash will take the total EU budget to £126 billion, an 8.4% increase on the previous year. Conservative MPs last night urged Cameron to refuse to pay, etc. Former Conservative Cabinet Minister John Redwood said Brussels should cut its spending rather than expect cash-strapped national governments to bail it out again. What a great deal this EU joining was, eh? It was fantastic. And they want to do this with Americas as well. Through NAFTA. The whole deal. And get a super parliament set up too. During the free trade agreements that came before NAFTA, that were all done before NAFTA, they've mentioned that they might send it up in Montreal. The super government for the Americas. So anyway, he said the demand for more money made a mockery of claims the EU leaders had agreed a tough budget deal. You see what they spend all the money on. It's a laughingstock. This is outrageous that they dare to do this and so on. They're very fond of ordering member states like Greece to make cuts. Let them now make cuts that they should have made themselves. The super Soviet, eh? That plan was a hundred years old, that, to, to create this. Actually, it's older than that. Karl Marx mentioned it in the 1800s. He said, well, we'll unite Europe under a trading block, free trade. You can go way back even further to John Dee, who mentioned that the British Empire would be the system the world would be built on. They don't copy it under a free trade zone. 
And folk think it's all just happening by chance. You're just living to a plan. You're living through a script. That's what you're doing. And China isn't just buying up the U.S. And I hate to say China because they always give us nations names to speak, of course, when they say these things. But you have internationalists, the same internationalists own China, folks. They own China. And their corporations own China. And though it says Chinese energy companies continue uh, Canadian acquisitions, it's actually, uh, they could be actually American ones or guys from America and all over the world in this big consortium. But it says here, having recently acquired important stakes in their uh, outbreak ownership of major Canadian energy firms, Chinese companies are now continuing their penetration of Canada's energy sector by targeting the juniors. In particular, the Saskatchewan-based producer Novus Energy announced this week its agreement to, to be acquired for $320 million by Yangchang Petroleum International Limited. They've been buying up stacks of assets in Canada. And they're heavily invested in the, in the tar sands project as well, and so on. Same as the U.S. So. And that was all set up in the 90s, that deal, where the, the leaders in all countries had sent delegations over to France to work it out over a period of two years. That's where they based it. So they can come into your country and buy it over. Did you get a vote on that? Did you even hear about that? Of course you didn't. You're the proles. From Hamish, myself, Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you.